Welcome back to Pine of Pint Podcast and today we are joined by player manager Robbie Simpson. So let's get on with that. If it's all right, Robbie, we'll start off right at the beginning of your career. So starting off in your sort of football journey in the youth ranks at Norwich before leaving and then joining Cambridge City. What was that switch like for a young footballer? Um, to be honest, at the time, it was devastating to be released by Norwich. I've been with them since I was nine years old and um, at 16, I, I, I kind of expected to be released, um, but it still hit me hard because yeah. football's all I ever loved and all I ever wanted to do. Um, my mum used to drag me in off of off of the park to, for dinner and stuff. and um, So yeah, it did hit me hard. Um, but at the same time, you know, I've got older brothers and sisters that um, went on to university and they used to come back at, at term term break and stuff. And I used to see what a good time they were having. They, they didn't want to come back. They just wanted to yeah. stay at uni. So that was always something that I'd quite like to do as well. And I realised if I stayed at Norwich um, and got a scholarship, I wouldn't be able to do that because they didn't yeah. offer A-levels or, or anything like that. So... Um, when I heard about Cambridge City and their programme and the fact that they were with a sixth form college that allowed you to do A-levels um, and play football at a relatively high level, they, their first team was in the Conference South, so not too far off of the Football League. Um, it was just uh, it, it, it was a no-brainer for me to go there and do that because I could, I could do both, you know, education and football. Right. So... You then made the switch to neighbours Cambridge United, which was some. Is it was that something that happened sort of regularly? Like it, you sort of come through the youth system and then went to Cambridge United, or is it something that they scouted you for and sort of brought you in that way? Yeah, so there's no affiliation or partnership between the two clubs at all. Um, perhaps there should. I think the relationship's a bit better now, but at the time there wasn't. It, it, it wasn't good at all, really, and there was a bit of controversy around my move. There was two other players actually that made the move at the same time, and uh, at the time Cambridge United didn't have a youth set up, and they'd been watching Cambridge City's youth set up and um, seeing how successful it was, and and that whole setup actually kind of moved across to Cambridge United and. There was three products of the youth system that were in Cambridge City's first team and we kind of moved across with it to Cambridge United's first team. So there's a bit of a bit of a controversy over the whole thing. Um, and, and for me, you know, I was I was just heading into my last year at uni um, when I made the switch. So and obviously Cambridge United were a full time professional football club. So I, I had to beg Cambridge United to let me finish my uh, last year of my degree, which was weird because I was effectively just going back for matches um, yeah, and, and not training. But they came up to Loughborough and, and they saw the facilities and met with the coaches and understood that it, it really is a, a first-class facility for sport. And they understood that I was going to... Uh, do things properly football wise and not just live the student life and did you um, have to do all your tra your training between matches then Robbie in that period that was it while you were at Lo presumably Loughborough University so you were doing all of that there and then rocking up on like a Friday before the game was that how it was or uh, not even a Friday rocking up on the Saturday oh really right okay yeah yeah uh, obviously during um you know, half term and stuff like that. I would I would go back and train properly. So the preseason, yeah. I was there for the whole of the preseason. Um, but yeah, really thankful to them to allow me to to do what I did really. And I guess if I hadn't have been performing on the pitch, things might have uh, been a bit different. <laughs> but luckily, I was uh, I was playing really well and and scoring goals, particularly in the second half of of that season, and um, managed to score. Score a good amount of goals to keep them keep them up because we were fighting a relegation battle. So that yeah. was good. Yeah, I was reading the story earlier. It was was it Jez George who did he move from Cambridge City to Cambridge United and yeah, I think he yeah, that's right. Put on all sorts, didn't he? I was reading. I thought this 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 sounds a bit unusual. It's not not your normal your normal sort of free transfer, but no, yeah. I mean, because we were un, we we're all under twenty four, so technically yeah. there was there should have been a fee due, but. 
Mm. Um, Jez was obviously one of the directors at, at Cambridge City and set the youth set up up and, and moved it across to Cambridge United. And yeah. I'm really thankful to him for doing so because yeah. um, things might have been a lot different if he, if he hadn't, <laughs> hadn't done that. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. So again, we're moving moving on into your career when you signed for Coventry City, playing alongside some really quality players like Leon Bess, Jay Tab. How much indifference of quality was it like playing sort of in the championship compared to the past previous years? Massive. Massive. I, <laughs> I remember my first training session and I gave the ball away. And it, I didn't think it was a bad pass. It was I thought, oh, it's an unlucky pass that just didn't make it. And Michael Doyle at the time, I don't know whether you know Michael yeah, Doyle. Midfielder, yeah. Leeds, Sheffield United and all them. I think he's still at Notts County. He tore into me like I've never... <laughs> I mean, he's quite well known for, for his mouth to his own players um, and getting on at them. But honestly, I, just, I was like, wow, OK. I need to up my game here, otherwise I'm going to get shouted at a lot. Um <laughs> And you know, you just notice the quality straight away. That no disrespect to, well, I'm at the level now, managing at the level now, so I know it. But that there appeared to be a lot more time on the ball in the championship. Mm, but I quickly yeah. understood that's because there has to be. Because if you if if you try and press the quality of of player, you can easily just get picked off, and then yeah. you'll just be chasing shadows all game. So yeah. it's a lot more tactical. The championship, a lot more tactical, and. Um, yeah, the, the the jump up was was incredible, really, and I actually fully expected to be sent out on loan mm. um, to try and bridge the gap from from Cambridge's level up to the Championship. I thought they might loan me to a League One or or even a League Two team just to get some experience of a higher level of football. Um, but uh, it, I guess coming on on my debut and scoring maybe changed their thought process <laughs> in that. <laughs> Yeah, you. Um, so were you playing under Ian Dowie, and was it Tim Flowers was there as well? And yeah, certainly, yeah. certainly got a lot of praise. And I know I'm a, a Man United fan, so I can guess. You guess, guess what's coming? Yeah. <laughs> and that season as well, that were the one season that I've had a season ticket at Old Trafford, and we lost. <laughs> we lost three games that season at home. Uh, we lost to Man City. Uh, we lost to Portsmouth, who went on to win FA Cup, and we lost to a Coventry City side featuring. A 22-year-old Robbie Simpson. I mean, it were a yeah. it were a terrible night for me. I'm guessing it was a bit better one for you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was crazy, really, to think that I graduated from Loughborough in the July, and then two months later, I was starting my first game for Coventry at Old Trafford, yeah. and beating them two 0 wow. Yeah, yeah, it's surreal, really. Even just talking about it now, it feels surreal. <laughs> um, that night was so special, really, and. You you did play a kind of a second string, but there was yeah. still some. It was kind of a half and half team. So I, I know Nanny played. It was one of Nanny's first games, just signed for twenty odd million. So yeah, Nanny yeah. played. Anderson played. Who you yeah. just signed that season yeah. as well, I think. And Carrick played. Yeah. Wes Brown at the time was a regular in the team. Not John bad O'Shea. Players, <laughs> O'Shea, yeah, yeah. There was yeah. the Chinese guy up front. Dong, who, um, Dong played. Yeah, he played. Yeah, he wasn't very good, although he no. did have. <laughs> he did have a header save just before we scored our second, I think. Um, I can't remember much about game other than leaving with about 10 minutes left. So. <laughs> I mean, it didn't turn out a bad season. So, yeah, European and English champions and, and Coventry yeah. City have done them. So. Well, in actual fact, PK played in that game. That's kind of one yeah, of my claims yeah. to fame. So, <laughs> I made Sir Alex Ferguson sell PK. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall, I have a lot to thank you for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in PK, a new one. Robbie <laughs> Simpson, 2K17. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. So, what was it like then playing under Ian Dowie? Was he quite of a role model type of manager? Was he quite hands on or what type of he person was, was it? He was a great coach. He would always, sometimes I just wanted a day off, but he'd come to me on the Tuesday after our double session. And um, just about to leave, and he would just give me a nudge. He went, "Do you want to do some finishing tomorrow?" But on Wednesday, our day off, and I'm like, "I can't say no." That was the type of bloke he was. He put everything into it and developing players as well. Me individually, I think he he, he saw a bit of me and him, or mm. him and me. I don't know what way around, but um, 
probably looks wise as well. I got I always get told. <laughs> um, but yeah, he um, he was great with me, developing me as a, as a, as a striker, and um, really really good coach, really nice guy. He always used to wind me up. Um, obviously, I, I I had a degree when I was there, and they all nicknamed me the student and. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he always used to give me a nudge and say, oh, "How many degrees have you got, Simo?" And I was like, "Just, just the one, Gaffer." And he's like, "Oh, I've got two. You know that, don't you?" <laughs> <laughs> he always had to have the upper hand on you. He was brilliant, but he did it in in jest, and he was a, a really good bloke. And he's actually moved on now into new careers. I saw on LinkedIn the other day. He's He's, he's found another new career and he's a really intelligent bloke and hmm. doesn't surprise me that it'll be really good in, in business. And yeah. I think Tim Flowers is a manager now or, or, or was yeah, a manager yeah. of Solihull yeah, for a bit. Still, I don't know whether he's left. I, I don't think he's still at Solihull. He were rumoured um, to take the Chesterfield job when uh, James Rose just <laughs> took over. Um, but yeah, he, he, were doing, he were doing really well well last season. So, I mean, yeah. now he had a great career. As a manager, didn't he? Right at the top level. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, something else that's with, less stressful. Yes. It's weird with Ian Dowie that he's kind of dropped off that because, like you say, was it Oldham? He did a really good. He did a really good job at one club specifically, I think, and then Palace. He did really well. He got them promoted Palace, to the Premier League. Oh, yeah, it was Oldham and Palace, I think, off the top of my head, and then he obviously got into the Premier League. But yeah, he's always come across as a really nice guy. Yeah, strangely dropped out of it. Obviously, he does a bit of Sky Sports now, doesn't he? As well, I think he's been in the ground. Yeah, yeah he enjoys that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's probably because he enjoys that more than the stress you know, management. I guess now, yeah, yeah. stress yeah. management. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot, a lot go into to the media side, don't they? Because well, your job's probably more secure for one thing. <laughs> With yeah, results business, isn't it? You you lose a couple of games and. Well, you yeah. say that loads of the soccer Saturday boys got got the sack, didn't they? They did. They did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I love that. You're saying, well, your job's secure. Well, they all got sacked last year. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Nicholas is watching this, going, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So again, fast forwarding your career again. So signing for Huddersfield, where that didn't quite sort of work out as a transfer for you, but. Then getting loaned out to Brentford, and then I think it was Oldham twice, weren't it? What was that like for a player where you're sort of getting loaned out when you've sort of played at a higher level already? Yeah, it was, obviously I was disappointed it didn't work out at Huddersfield. Um, and in hindsight, I wish I'd never have left Coventry because mm. I had another year left on my deal there. Um, but I kind of got the feeling from Chris Coleman that I was always going to be the easy one to be left out. Um and I, yeah, in in hindsight, like during my time at Huddersfield that first year, all the Coventry players were messaging me saying you shouldn't have left; you'd have been playing. Um, and hindsight's a wonderful thing. I, I dropped down to in the hope that I would be a starting centre forward for Huddersfield, get promoted, and then be a starting centre forward in the in the Championship. Um, yeah. But I had I had. Well, I got swine flu actually just after pre-season, just at the start of season. It was that time. Um, so that knocked me back and then just picked up little niggly injuries the whole season, really. One in particular that um, I would do the rehab on and and come back into training and then first ball I would kick, I would feel it again. And that just was a cycle that went on for about eight months oh, and made it back just in time for the for the playoffs that year. Um, but yeah, we didn't, we didn't get promoted and... And the manager sort of, I, I guess, and I can understand it. We didn't, we didn't quite see eye to eye, but it, he obviously spent a lot of money to buy me from Coventry and um, pinned his hopes on me getting him promoted, and it didn't work out. So yeah, I can understand why he had a bit of a vengeance against me for that. And um, yeah, I think it was it was his decision then that I was no longer going to be his player, and mm. he tried to loan loan me out and. Um, yeah, first the second season loan to Brentford. Um, had, had a great time there. Reached the reached Wembley. My first time going to Wembley. Unfortunately, I, I rolled my ankle a couple of weeks before, so I wasn't involved. But um, really good club, and it was actually really good to see to be part of. I guess the the start of the change in Brentford from yeah. that lower league side 
to the new owners coming in and doing things a bit differently with with the stats that they used and mm. um, uh, to, to where they are now and the style of football change to where they are now being you know a real real top championship yeah. side probably yeah. version on the on the version of being a Premier League team yeah. it's really good to to sort of be well to witness the start of that journey as a football club yeah. for them really interesting mm. um, great, great club. Yeah, new stadium now. Yeah, that looks great. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really good to be to have been part of that football club and, and witness it from the very beginning, the, the start of the change. Really interesting for me. Um, it was great for them to to go up last year with the new stadium coming in this year, and they were so yeah. close, weren't they? I mean, they had like sort of three bites at the cherry with I think it was Stoke they yeah. had to beat, and then there was some Barnsley last Barnsley. game, I think, wasn't Barnsley. it? Yeah, and then playoff final as well, but. They're looking decent, decent this yeah. season. Well, League Cup semi-final. So, yeah. yeah Do you know what? It, it, they always obviously Ollie Watkins left, and you think mm. who's going to fill that void? But I guarantee you, they would have done the stats on everything. How can we get another Ollie Watkins type of player? Yeah. And obviously, they replaced him with Ivan Tony. And yeah. obviously, it's hindsight. Yeah, he started off amazingly, but you can guarantee that they've <clears> done all the probability of if we sign this player, what's the likelihood of yeah. likelihood of him filling Ollie's boots and he was he would have been the number one target and you can yeah. see why they're so successful now in their recruitment. It's yeah. um it's the money ball approach, isn't it? Like you hear so often what they use the uh Billy Bean or I think his name is the guy in America yeah. with the Boston Red Oakland Sox, Davis, it? Or was that where he went? I forget where he went. The Auckland team. Anyway. Oakland days, yeah. That's it. Burnley have just been taken over by a guy who's very much into that as well so that'll be interesting to see if he, mm. he owns the like app technology that the people who do that use who you know the analytics and data research and everything but you're absolutely right with Brentford like you think of strikers they've had it last five years for a comparatively small club I mean they got Andre Gray and they always buy them cheap flog them for high profit and then yeah. buy relatively cheap again flog yeah. for high profit it's yeah yeah it's a good model isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They do, they do seem to be a, pro a proper, well-run club. Who it would be nice to see them and reap them rewards and, and get into Premier League, definitely. Yeah, it'd be great. So you touched on it, saying about you knew quite early on about getting loaned out. Is it something that you have with the manager? Like you sort of get that vibe from them, or is it a sit-down conversation? Say, look, we need to sort of pay your wages in a sense and mm. bring someone else in. How, how does that sort of conversation go? Yeah, so that, that summer he said he needed me off the wage bill because he wanted to bring in Alan, Alan Lee. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. And I said, well, that's not my my problem that you need <laughs> leave me off the wage bill to bring Alan Lee in. I want to stay and fight for my place. And I think it got to the uh, the day before the season starting, before I signed my loan for, for Brentford. Mm. Um and then the following season, the following season, actually, I just found out on Twitter that I got put on the transfer list. Really? Um, just suddenly got all these messages from Huddersfield fans saying, like, sorry, you haven't been given a chance and stuff like that. And I was like, why? What's happened? And then I <laughs> oh, no. checked the local paper and I'd been put on the transfer list. Oh, no. <laughs> Not so, yeah. is that you then going back into boardroom or into manager and going, what the hell is this about? Why come I'm finding out through this? Or do they pull you in at all to be honest with you I, I yeah I guess it's a bit harsh but I didn't expect anything less from yeah. from him um and I just I went in and said look I'm happy to go um I want to play football but there was personal circumstances at the time when my, my brother's wife had just passed away and he lived in Leeds and I wanted to be close to him so I said to said to Lee Clark at the time that I wanted to go to a club within an hour from Leeds so I could still live in Leeds yeah. with my brother. And um, and because of my experience of dropping down a league from Coventry to Huddersfield and it not working out, I was really apprehensive about dropping to a team in a lower league. So mm. I said, look, if I can find a team in the same league um, within an hour from Leeds, I'm happy to go. Yeah. And then he, he starts ringing me every day with clubs further an hour away from Leeds and in the league below. And then hammering me for not going, um, and that cycle continued for a while until I found um, I found that out that Oldham were interested, 
Um, so 45 minutes from Leeds, same league, perfect, I'll go. And, um, and then they wouldn't let me go to them <laughs> for a while. So I said, look, what do I have to do to go? Because obviously you don't want me here. Um, I think Oldham were offering half my wages and they wanted a bit more. And um, they'd just taken another lad from Huddersfield on loan who was on the exact same money as me and accepted 50% of his wages being paid. So I was like, what's the difference? And they, they said, well, we value more than the other player. <laughs> I said, well, obviously you don't because you, you, you want neither of us, of us here. So we're both surplus to requirements. Um, but yeah, that went on a bit and I ended up saying, look, I'll forfeit you know, five, ten grand of my salary to, to if you allow me to go. Yeah. So they said, yeah, fine. So I went and um, and Oldham was brilliant. Brilliant. Couldn't have couldn't have wished for a, for a better loan, really, that first season. Um, good club, Paul Dickoff, great guy. Um, yeah. Had a great cup run, scored was... at Anfield. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, couldn't wish for a better season, really. What a goal that were as well. We were watching it on, the, on YouTube earlier. Put in front left about 75 yards out, we'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was yeah. It was yeah. special, not only for the, the type of goal, which is without doubt the best goal I've scored in my career, but just for trying to get out on loan and, you know, personal circumstances and for that goal to go in, it was kind of like all of that tough few months that I'd gone through to to make that loan possible is all worth it in that one moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's nice. You were... Um, so, sorry. Oh, go on. Sorry, Josh. No, I was just going to say, just touching on managers, so you've mentioned Lee Clark, you mentioned uh, Chris Coleman, Ian Dowie. There's quite a few high-profile managers that, that you've played under. Um, Paul Dickov as well. Who, who was who was the best for you? Uh, I, I'm, I'm always going to say Ian Dowie to an extent because he gave me my chance yeah. you know picked me up from a lower league and gave me my chance in the championship and um, you know I, I was always fighting to get back to the championship when it, ever since I left it really and didn't quite work out unfortunately yeah um, he was great um, I really liked working for Paul Tisdale and I yeah. was with him for three years two years at Exeter and then one year at MK Dons and I liked just how different he was to to every other manager I'd played under. You know, at, at mm -hmm. lunch time, for example, he, he wouldn't just sit with his staff and chat to them, and he would sit with the players and yeah. start a conversation. And the conversation wouldn't be about football; it would be about family or mm -hmm. what you're doing tonight and stuff like that. Which yeah. which is a which is really weird for some players. They Ooh. they found him they found him quite weird but for me I, <laughs> I found it a nice change yeah um and a different approach to management and i i really enjoyed it and i really enjoyed working working with him he yeah. was um he was great and it's good to see him back in the game now i've been having left mk dons and back back with bristol rovers now and looks like he's doing a really good job there yeah yeah well healed individual as well always packing a interesting wardrobe on the sidelines isn't he yeah, well, his his best mate is is Ray Kelvin, who is Ted Baker. Oh, uh, right. But, yeah, so Ray would always come to training, come to match days, come in the changing rooms. He's he's a real bubbly guy. Um, he, he's a good guy as well, very eccentric, um, which kind of rubs off on Tiz, I think, a little bit. Um, but yeah, Tiz always uh, always likes to show off his gear. Without a doubt. Brilliant. So you've had 10 different clubs, so what an incredible career you've had, but what's been the worst initiation you've had to do <laughs> at a club? So has there been one that you've really dreaded doing? Um, yeah, I guess the one... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were. I was at Leighton Orient and we were in... Um, one of the local curry houses sponsored us, so we all got a we all got to go there on an evening for a curry and it was full of Leighton Orient fans. It was full of like just the general public and um, they made us do an initiate, but somehow a microphone appeared from nowhere. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had to do an initiation song. Um, I think my, my actual songs on YouTube somewhere. I did like this rap. I did like this, this garage rap in the middle of a packed curry out in Leighton. 
I'm just going to do a little old school garage up scene. Oh, yes! I remember when I was at school, they treated me like I was a fool. Punished me for trying to act poor when they sat me in the class or facing the wall. I was there after no I had maths when they had PE. Practiced for my GCSE. I was told the rest were better than me. In English, everyone got C. Not me, they gave me a G. Pushed and kicked by all the bully. Got my head on the ground and grazed up my knee. Sent to school on every birthday. I was detention every Friday. I had to work when I was to play. I was sent to the That must have been great for the fans though to sort of see that and you see a lot about footballers being disconnected and, and things like that so to have that must have been must have been great for yeah. us to be able to see. Yeah, late in Orient fans will probably say it's the best thing I did for the club. <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant, that's fantastic. So now then at Chelmsford where you play a manager, a great set of players with you as well so how is that going from being a player to now a manager with the same set of lads? It was it was actually easier than I thought in terms of the relationship with the lads because, mm. well, just that, I had a relationship with them already and I, I felt that being a senior player play that has played the levels I have, I kind of already had the respect from them and I was always in the changing room speaking to individuals one-on-one -on -one about their game and how they can improve anyway and i guess i just switched that from mm. uh, an informal player fellow player setting to standing up in front of them speaking and and then pulling them aside for individual chats it's yeah. the transition from player to manager in that respect with the same group of players i felt made it easier mm. probably easier than uh, if i'd have gone into a changing room that where i knew nobody as a manager yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say because I'm quite intrigued about it because I'm a Derby County fan and seeing Wayne Rooney do that at Derby and the success he's had in such a short amount of time, fair enough, we've dropped back into bottom three. But it's nice to know that from your side, it is doable. And you mm. know what I mean, he's already got that relationship with everyone to yeah. bring the best out of the players because obviously they've worked with him. So. Yeah, the, the hardest thing, it's interesting that Wayne's now um stop playing mm -hmm. so the, yeah. the hardest thing i found was playing whilst being manager really yeah. really hard and still still finding it hard and I've, I've kind of got to the point now where in my head i'll only probably start myself on the bench at best yeah. and only bring myself on when everybody will know the game plan so I, if we're chasing the game um, last five ten minutes, and we need to be more direct. I'll bring myself on up front, and yeah. and they'll just zing balls to me. <laughs> <laughs> really um, interesting you say that because it was literally our last guest, I think, Mark Robertson, who yeah. um, played for Burnley, Australia international, and he um, he was signed by Chris Waddle, who were player manager at Burnley for one mm. season. Right, and we were obviously getting his input. Like, how was that? What? Because Waddle only did one season as a manager. A lot of people forget he ever was a manager. He yeah. then he never did it again. Yeah, I didn't know that actually. Um, yeah. um, you know, we're really curious. Like, why? How did that work? And he he were very blunt about it. He said, "If you're a player, just imagine your boss doing your job with you, like in our case." And he said, and 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 he's having a go, going, "Come on, chase back!" And I, and he said, as a player, I'm turning to him, going, "You fucking chase back. Yeah. We're on the same team." Yeah. Having that discussion with your manager. It's very difficult, and and it, it was a really interesting conversation because I never thought of that. You do always wonder. It's quite a rarity a player manager, and how does it work? So, it's very interesting. Now we've had two in a row. We've kind of experienced that you more than anyone, obviously. And did you ever have that feeling then when you were, I guess, wanting something from your players that maybe they weren't giving in a game that you were also playing in? How? I, I bet that's a really weird conversation to have to have. Is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess in my head, I've I've got an ideal, um, an ideal way I'd want my teams to play, and that's taking something from 
every level I've played at and every manager I've played under. Yeah. But I guess it, for me, I have to realise that the, the players I've got are at the level they are and the level and style of football that is played at our level on the pitches that they're played under, um, yeah. Yeah. played on, I, I, I have to adapt what my ideal is or yeah, or just or just not try and Im, 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 implement my ideal and implement whatever the the best is for the scenario I've been given. Um, yeah. So I'm learn I'm still learning that to be honest with you. I've, and I think on Saturday, um, the game we had on Saturday, we were two 0 down at half time, and I kind of wanted my team to play the way I want a team to play. And then at half time, I quickly changed it and said, "Right, we're playing like this." And yeah. suddenly it worked. We scored four goals in the second half and won four-two. Yeah. So I'm still, I'm still learning that in terms mm. of, yeah, what I, what I should demand from the players and maybe the style of football I should implement at the level I am, rather than what my ideal is. Yeah. And, and yeah, and playing wise, um, I tried it in pre-season. So more, not necessarily me demanding off off the other players when I'm on the pitch, but more demanding from myself. Like I've started a game in pre-season just to test it out. And in my head, all I could think about was how the team were playing, mm. not not focusing on my own job on the pitch. Yeah. And then I didn't perform very well on yeah. the pitch. And I'm like, well, th this is this is too hard. Mentally, it's too hard to focus on my own job as a player. Mm. But in my head, all I can think about is how the team are playing and the yeah, structure right. of the team, etc. It's doubling the pressure on you, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, you almost have to be a schizophrenic to be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is, you, you don't you don't consider that it's, it's someone doing two jobs at the same time, and yeah, how can you how can you tell your right back where to play it while also making a run? To, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's almost it's it's very difficult. Um, what, what I just wanted to, to ask, when you went to Chelmsford, was it always in your mind, maybe not to be manager, but to get into the coaching setup? And was was that sort of something that was offered to you? And No, not at all. No, just as no I never really had any interest in becoming a, a manager. And I, I still don't really have an interest in being a full-time manager. Yeah. Um, but I, I went there as a player and I thought I'd have, you know, two or three years playing part-time whilst I build a, a career outside of football to then... yeah. Um, you know, three years time to take take that on even further as my my sole job really, yeah. and um, yeah, it just so happened that our manager departed in the January, and I was the most ex senior, experienced player in the dressing room, and they asked me to take interim charge, and mm. I I'd done my badges because yeah. most players now do their badges whilst they're playing. It's, mm. it's kind of like the thing to do. Yeah. Um, so I was always quite confident that I could. I could coach if needed to and the board asked me to take over and I did and um, I think it took a while for the players to maybe get used to me being the interim manager because the mm. first few games didn't quite go to plan but then we fin we fin finished really strongly before lockdown we we went away to top of the league and beat them we mm. drew with second in the league and then we we won another game and we had a really good sort of four or five games and everything seemed to be coming together and the chairman kind of offered me the job and I said no straight away and then I went away and had a think think about it and then we won another game I think and I went back to him and said maybe we could make this work um because I was enjoying it I was enjoying yeah. I, I was enjoying that different aspect to it and um yeah ended up ended up saying yes and and now here we are <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. All right, Josh, I'll let you take through the Tommy Lee Pro 5. Yeah, so we do this with all of our guests. It's just five uh, quick questions about your career. It's um, the Tommy Lee Pro 5 quiz, because Tommy was the first person to get five out of five, so he, uh, he earned the name he writes. Um, <laughs> so uh, we'll start. Number one, you made over 300 Football League appearances in your career, scoring 45 goals. Who did you score the most league goals for? Oldham. <laughs> um, oh, Cambridge United. 12, 12 football league goals. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Should have got the stats on Oldham. I think Oldham was close. I think Oldham was 
maybe 10 off the top of my head, I think. We'll edit okay. it there. I'll, I'll, I'll check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so number two, you scored one league hat-trick in your career. Who was that against? Chesterfield. It was. It 5-2, I think that was for Oldham, wasn't it? Right, so first half hat-trick. <laughs> in about 12 minutes or so, I wouldn't say maybe. maybe <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. So. Was Tommy Lee playing in that one? <laughs> I think I think he, he might have been, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Booking <laughs> him off on his own quiz job. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, um, number three. Uh, which teammate across your career did you make the most appearances alongside? And I've got a choice of three. So it's Craig Woodman, uh, Jean-Yves Mvota, or Josh Coulson. Oh... Um, that's interesting because I played with Craig Woodman over two different clubs at Brentford and Exeter. Um, but for some reason, I don't think it is him. Uh, I'm going to go for Josh Coulson. No, Josh Coulson <coughs> the three was was the lowest actually. He was fifty eight. Craig Woodman sixty one, and Geneve and Voto seventy. So yeah, it was wow, very close. Terrible for me then, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, question four: You received two red cards in your career. One was a straight red, and one was for two yellows. Do you know who they were against? I know one was against Yeovil. Yeah, that was the straight red, I think, for, for Oldham. Yeah. I think described yeah, the other one. Horror tackle. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the keeper, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like keepers very much. Always, it's always a straight red when you slide a keeper on FIFA, isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'd actually made the exact same tackle a minute earlier. And, and got the ball when it almost went in, but the pitch was so bad, it stuck in the mud on the line. Oh, right. Okay. And then I tried the same again, and I was a little bit later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit later, maybe. And then the second one, it was two yellows. Oh, I think it was away at Tranmere. Correct, yeah, for, for Cambridge. Um In 2014. Now, one that one was on the 19th of December. I think the... Um, the straight red was on the 22nd. So, I mean, both before Christmas. Did you, did you just want Boxing Day off that year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, uh, Gary Johnson, the manager at Yeovil, as I was running off the pitch, he, he actually just, out the corner of his mouth, just went, enjoy your Christmas, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I okay. must just get angry around that time. Yeah, yeah. I've got, pressure, <laughs> yeah. I've got presents to wrap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number five, the last one. Uh, the biggest win of your career was for Cambridge in April 2016. You came on as a 66th minute substitute. Do you know who the, what was the score and who it was against? The um, <laughs> I think so. Um, I think it was seven nil. Yeah. Is it Cheltenham. It was Morecambe. Morecambe. <laughs> yeah. Same colour. Same colour kit. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Brilliant. Yeah. Good effort, that. They, they were. They had, Certainly more tricky this year. Twenty twenty one. I've gone. I've gone hard in the quiz. Yeah, I've gone hard. Yeah. All the guests are saying how easy it is, apart from <laughs> Steve Baines and yeah. someone else. Black Steve Baines. Yeah. No one will ever be last, thanks to Steve. <laughs> not, not gonna lie, I'm I'm gutted. I'm gutted. I didn't get five out of five. Yeah, no, they, they were more tricky. I'll, I'll hold my hands up, but no, it was good. It was good. Uh, excellent, but. Uh, Best of luck for the rest of the season, Robbie. Thank you very much for giving your time up and coming on our podcast. We massively appreciate it from, from us three. But uh, no, yeah. thank you very much again for all your time and everything that you put in for us. Yeah. Yeah. No problem at all. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, appreciate mate. it. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Cheers, Robbie. Cheers, Robbie. Cheers. Bye. 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 Bye.
wasn't Robbie a top lad and I hope you enjoyed his rapping we might even get him on in the future to do a bit of rapping ourselves but uh, so last week's score predictions Josh got a big five pointer Chorley 2-0 what do you make of that game Chorley FM coming in your face um <laughs> I, I didn't really watch much at game but the derby the derby kids weren't it um well, yeah fair play to Charlie. fa cup fourth round what are they like eighth tier or something yeah they've never been uh, to third round now they're in fourth so massive credit who've they got who've they got in next round is it prem team is it wolves oh, no. sure. i made that I'm, I'm sure they got a Premier League team. Um, so yeah, fair play. I hope they win it. Yeah, Luke. Luke had two points as well. He had a one-nil Chorley. Yeah, I don't in. think it's any disgrace against you. It's just you know you put kids out like kids, in, proper kids, not just like your good kids. So I think yeah, well done, Chorley. But it's a bit like the. Um, USA world champions women's team losing to under 15s boys in that friendly, and it? it's just it's like expect to happen, isn't it? Yeah, and that's that's the only reason we predicted. I'm just checking who they have got. Yeah, they have got Wolves at home. That's the only reason we predicted. Yeah, Chorley winning it. Um, yeah, I, I just don't want to take out away from Chorley. It's a massive, oh, no. massive thing for them to go through yeah. to next round. I mean, yeah. When you look at Derby team anyway, it's full of kids and like the actual first team is full of like 19, 18 year olds. So, I mean, it just shows how much depth we've actually got in the academy. And they're not bad. I mean, the 17 year old lads aren't they? They'll, they'll get better with age. I think you can just tell the proved, strength of Charlie team. I think it proved that there's an argument that they need to bring like reserve league football back rather than under 23 football because I didn't watch much but what I saw they, they certainly seemed to like bully you um, oh god yeah first game that a lot of them young kids have had against like men yeah uh, I'm sure every single player yeah. was maybe not Harrison Solomon but was all debutants in first team so I mean what, ex what experience that is you're sort of carrying the Derby County name for for next round but sadly they didn't win but right moving on anyway burnley mk dons i did say it there's two threats in that team richard keogh and cameron jerome <laughs> one of them scored <laughs> but no a draw and a penalty win so none of us got that right but what did you make of the game luke uh it should have been about 50 nil to burnley at first time. <laughs> <laughs> never honestly I know I'm accused of being biased often, which obviously I'm, but MK Dons were utterly pathetic. It was an, a disgrace we went a goal down to them. Absolutely ridiculous. The The gulf is just ludicrous. Absolutely mental. The goalkeeper were really good for him. What's Lee Nichols? His name yeah. Leo um, Alex, probably. But I say we're really good. It were Barnes and Wood should hang their head in shame for how poorly they finished in that game. They had sitters galore. Uh, so did other players, you know, but they're the ones that are there to put the ball in the net and they're not doing it, even against Milton Keynes Dons. <laughs> yeah, so no one actually got points in that one. We all had Burnley win. But next game, Man United-Watford. Josh, you watched that one, didn't you? Yeah, Jesus Christ. No Ben Foster, so no cycling GK uh, behind the scenes. No, I didn't even get... To look into into his GoPro, um, absolutely shit. United's first team is decent. We've got a good like, probably got a good like thirteen players. And as soon as you start dipping below that, you you're really in trouble. Um, yeah, terrible. Who would keep it, Dean Endo? Anderson in net. Yeah, there are a few like first teams in there. McTominay played. Uh, but there were a lot of like yeah, Dan James, Mata, Lingard. I reckon McTominay's absolutely class. I do. He's good in a game where you need to sort of turn the ball over quick. Like he'll play on Sunday against Liverpool um, because they'll need someone to get him, win ball, give it to Bruno, who can lay it off quick. His, his energy is ridiculous. 
against oh, yeah. against a team like Watford at home, you're not going to seek best of him um, like as a holding midfielder. But you know, he's a very good player. Certainly one of the thirteen. You know, I think he's thinks all right. All right, this weekend's predictions, and it's a massive one. But we'll start with Derby Rotherham. Luke, what do you think that scoreline will be? Um, Rooney, the new manager, permanent. Confirmed. Yeah, confirmed four hours ago. All your players up for sale, not being paid. R yeah, there's something about that because we've spoke about it offline, haven't we? But you've got the technical director in whatever Pearson's name coming out saying... No, that's it's false. Derby are fine. They've had to freeze finances over Christmas period where they thought takeover were going to happen. So they, they thought the takeover were going to be done, new owners paying wages as of Christmas, but that's not happened. You've gone into January, your finances are still frozen. You can't pay that, well, player wages. And I suppose it is a long process where you're like, can I, how come you can't transfer over money and that's it, done? But I suppose there's loads and loads of stuff that happens in a takeover, isn't it? But like me and Josh have said, if you start to see Derby selling players within the next sort of week or so, then yeah, it's up shit creek. But if they remain all the players, and you might see takeover happen in the next couple of days. So yeah, yeah. we'll just see. I would, I would think. I, I think if you start getting rid of your your top players or even your sort of promising young players something's not quite right because I don't think potential investors, owners would, would mm. really want to get rid of that because that seems to be what Derby are at the minute. They seem to be on cusp of like a really good sort of youth. Yeah. Coming. Another thing that they did say as well, they'll not make a decision on the Derby manager until the new owners have pretty much signed on dotted line and they said that Mel and the new owners have made the choice of keeping Wayne Rooney on. So... I'm well, hoping within the next day, two days, yeah. the famous saying every 48 hours, <laughs> uh, hopefully some of the sign. But what do you actually think the score will be? Um, I'll say 1-0 Derby just because you're at home and they're doing even worse than you. Mm, so you've, yeah. you've, got to, you've got to expect to win there. Hope. Yeah, last year was, oh no, year before, 6-1. Yeah, you take half of that. Yeah. I'll just take one nil win. I'm not fussy. <laughs> um, Josh, are you playing back? Is it you? You've got first team players again, have you? Yeah, first team players back. They've been training. Um, yeah, you'll you'll win comfortable. You'll still have that sort of Rooney bounce, maybe even more so now. It's confirmed that he's he's got it full time. I'll go, I'll go two nil derby. Well, cool. I'm going to go one more than that, and I'm going to say three nil derby. So. <laughs> We've all gone one, two, and three. So next game we've got West Ham Burnley. I think this is a big three-pointer. What do you reckon, Josh? At West Ham, I think so. Yeah. Um, they've been doing. They started well, didn't they? But they dropped off a bit. Burnley have have been doing well. They were decent against United overnight. Um, got quite a good record there as well, aren't you, Luke? I certainly remember one time you beat West Ham. And we were playing crazy golf and you nearly murdered me as Ashley Barnes put a, a third <laughs> I was hammered, to be fair. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think we've won. Liverpool that same day as well. Spooky. We've won every game there, I think. I like, think... Three years think on track. will end, but I think it'll be a draw. I think it'll draw 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I was about to say the exact same. I was going to say, well, based on them stats, 1-1. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 1-1 one, one for me. What do you reckon, Luke? 2-0 Burnley. Confident, Ben, me? I'm really confident. I think we'll win. And not that I think West Ham are a bad team. I just think um, we're playing well. We're very solid at back. I think it took United a deflected goal to, I mean, and some lucky decisions, some would say, to, to put a goal past us. Yeah. Um, and teams that aren't top of the league are really struggling to score against us. And I, I just don't, I don't fear West Ham. I don't even, you know, they've got Bowen on right hand side, but they haven't really got anything for it middle, in my opinion. Uh, they've got rid of Haller, not yet replaced him. Um, they're quite a nippy team, but they, they don't really strike me as particularly physical. And I think they'll they'll struggle with Tarki and, and me. And I can see us nicking a goal or two. So I'm going to say two now. 
We've still got Mikel Antonio, which feels like he's been there for about 40 years. But yeah, he's an odd one, isn't he? He's a when he's on form, he's he's great, Unreal. but seems to be in he seems to play in spells a lot. Like if he'll mm. score one, he'll score. Yeah, I don't know if he's still injured though, is he? Not sure. He always seems to be. He's he? always... He always seems... He'll come into a great bit of form. He'll come into a great bit of form, and then that's it. He'll get injured, and then everyone will be lost without him. But yeah. But the main one, Man United versus Liverpool. What do you reckon is going to happen, Luke? Josh, you can finish. <laughs> Ball draw, nil nil. Like, like Man United in every top <laughs> top fixture game. It'll be a draw. I'll tell you that, it'll be a draw. Maybe not nil-nil, but I'll say, I'll say nil-nil. Take the two points. It'll definitely be a draw. I'm quite confident because I've got Man United to win league, so one-nil Man United. I don't know. You know, I'm pessimistic. I back Burnley. I'm skint at minute with United being top because I back every other team. I back everyone, I back Liverpool against everyone, and I back everyone against United. Um, I mean, it'd be incredible if we won. We'd be six points clear at Liverpool, which... It'd be tasty. I don't know, there seems to be... Like, there's a lot of people writing United off still. It seems to have a bit of a feel, like Jason McAteer saying they're in a false position. And he would, I don't know. He would, yeah. He would. But I mean, Sosha will be loving that, won't he? And players, while ever there's no pressure on him, just go out, keep winning, see where you end up. I, I, I still think I'm right at the start of the season. I think City will win league. Liverpool are dropping a lot of points. City are coming pretty good and they've got a few games in hand. Um, as for this weekend, I'll go Liverpool to win because at least I'll get two points or, or five points and I'll be happy if we don't draw or if, if we draw or win, I'll be happy. And if we don't, I'll get my points. So I'll go Liverpool 3-1. Whoa. Whoa. I hope not. I really hope not. <laughs> Brilliant. So that is it. The end of this week's Pine of Pine. So next week we are joined by Martin Carruthers. Well, Gandhi. Gandhi man. Gandhi man. You'll, you'll find out. You'll find out. So we'll <laughs> see you next week. Bye-bye. Pie and a pint. 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 Pie and a pint.